0: where my handle is at Turkey Hitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 242, Early Summer Turkey Soup. And I am your host and the guy who, apparently, is delusional about his hunting abilities. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a minute. But right now, we are 276 days, 8 hours, 9 minutes, and 18 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So most of you guys listening to the show know that I always love to hear from you anytime you've got something nice to say about the show, or a show suggestion, topic suggestion, guest suggestion, whatever that may be, or even constructive criticism. Like, in the past, many of you have said, hey, love the show, love the content, but at times the audio is a little bit sketchy. So, you know, I've worked on that kind of stuff. Well, believe it or not, in my now five plus years of hosting and producing this show, it wasn't until this week that I got trolled. Yeah, it's taken a long time to get trolled, but I did. I got trolled this week. So I actually got trolled on the Podbean application by a listener of the show who commented about last week's hunt. Well, more or less what happened during last week's hunt and his conclusions about all of that. So I'm going to read the comment for you guys. And the main reason I'm even bringing this up is because we have the ability today to have our voices heard. And we have the ability today, because of social media and other outlets just like that, to be openly critical of others. And that's fine and dandy. That's great. You know, really, we are all entitled to our own opinions, but when it comes to expressing our opinions of another hunter's abilities or quality of their trophy or method of hunting, as long as it's legal, of course, I think we need to keep our opinions to ourselves. Now, this listener's comment on the episode doesn't bother me at all. I mean, seriously, I've gotten a lot worse from people who mean a lot more to me than A listener I don't know. I come from an Italian and Lebanese background. Now, if you know anything about those two nationalities, then you probably know that people of those nationalities can be extremely opinionated and strongly opinionated on things. So, since I've been around that for my entire life, I've got a pretty thick skin. So, again, the comment doesn't bother me, but I want to address it. I want to read it, and I want to address it, because I think that comments like this, when they're put out there on someone's website, about a blog article, on Facebook about someone's picture of their trophy, or how they're hunting an animal, or anything like that, on YouTube, on a video that they have put out there, I think we need to really be careful of what we say. So, here's the comment, and... I've kind of debated on whether or not I'm going to give the name of the person who put the comment in there. But this person put the comment on there and their name is posted right beside it. So really, I don't feel like I'm calling anybody out. So a couple of days ago, D. Phillips that is this listener's username, posted a comment on episode 241, which was last week's episode about the apple orchard turkey. And D. Phillips 1916 says, you say you are a turkey killer, then why didn't you leave the guide in the truck, LOL? You listened to all of his commands because you were desperate to kill a turkey. Even if I was too lazy to find my own turkeys and paid to hunt private land, I would not let someone else do the calling, period. Even if legal requirements require the guide to be with you, on the property. Nothing says you have to let the guide do the calling or direct the setups. I think you're delusional on your hunting abilities and the difference in doing the U.S. slam on your own and hiring guides or piggybacking others to their spots in their states cannot be overstated. Kind of like the first people to climb Everest and the huge lines of people standing on the mountain waiting their turn that happens now. A huge amount of work and determination for the first ones and then a bunch of people paying to follow the leader lessens the whole thing in my opinion. So I'm going to go through D. Phillips' 1916s comment line by line, because I really feel like we, before we throw something out into the world for everyone to see, should really think about our comments long and hard before we put them out there. So the first sentence, you say you're a turkey killer, and killer is in parentheses, then why didn't you leave the guide in the truck, lol? Well, D. Phillips, 1916. I actually have on several hunts, but I didn't on this hunt. And here's one of the reasons why. So this guide is actually in pursuit of the U.S. Super Slam himself. This guide helps a bunch of hunters every year kill a turkey. This guide could possibly be the best turkey hunter in the United States. But if I don't hunt with him, I'll never know. This guide could teach me two or three things that I don't know about turkey hunting. But if he doesn't hunt with me, I'll never learn them. And I'm not ashamed to say it, I'm always happy to learn something about turkeys or turkey hunting. And For some reason, I get the sneaking suspicion that maybe you are too because if you knew it all, I'm not real sure you'd be listening to this podcast. Next sentence. You listened to all his commands because you were desperate to kill a turkey. I'm going to be quick on this one because it doesn't deserve much time. We were two hours into a three-day hunt in New York and I was desperate to kill a turkey. That doesn't really add up to me, but okay. I mean, maybe you can say you'd watched your buddy Chip kill a turkey and then you found out John killed a turkey and so now you're desperate to kill a turkey. Well, again, we're two hours into a three-day hunt in New York. There's no desperation at all in my brain or actions at that point in time in addition if and hopefully when one of your hunting buddies invites you to hunt with him or her on their hunting property are you going to jump out and immediately start bossing that friend around you're on that friend's property that friend invited you to join him or her i think out of respect for that friend, you're probably going to play along for a little while with that friend instead of bossing that friend around. When I go on a guided hunt, I have been invited to go. That may sound crazy to you because I'm paying that guide to take me hunting. How could I be invited to go? Well, it's just as easy as this. The good, reputable, Outfitters, well, they don't have to have you or me come and hunt with them because there's someone else out there who will book that block of days with them. So I'm being invited to hunt with them because they have limited availability. Yes, I'm paying them, but I am their guest. And i also have to remember, and hopefully you'll remember this too, D. Phillips 1916, when an you. Ever in your life go on a guided trip, I am a paying customer and their boss at the same time. There's a delicate balance between being a guest and being someone's boss on the same trip. And for me to get out of the truck and start bossing around the person who has scouted turkeys for, oh, 20 days before I ever got there and tell him what he needs to be doing... And what I need to be doing, that's not getting off to a good start with anybody that you've got to spend the next three days with. There's an old saying among guides, and if you really want to tick off a good guide, you'll do what they're going to tell you not to do, which is don't guide the guide. And I'm telling you from experience, the last thing you want to do within the first few minutes of jumping out of the truck on a guided hunt is to guide the guide because, and I've seen this firsthand in Missouri, when you tick off the guide, you will be garhold. Don't think for a second that they won't do it. Don't think for a second that they don't do it. And don't think for a second that they can't do it. A guide can make or break your trip with one left turn of the steering wheel to take you to the wrong piece of hunting property. So, I'm not leaving the guide in the truck, even though that was kind of funny. It almost made me laugh. And, I'm going to give the guide a shot. I need to know if this guy really is as good a hunter as he says he is. Next sentence. If I was too lazy to find my own turkeys, and I'm assuming right here you're insinuating that I'm too lazy to find my own turkeys. And paid to hunt private land. I would not let someone else do the calling, period. Well, D. Phillips, 1916, I say that's great, but I need to ask you a question. Have you ever hunted with a very close friend or a loved one, maybe a son or daughter, nephew, brother, dad, mother, anyone, and had that person call a turkey in for you? If you have, then I'm just gonna throw one word out there. And it starts with an H and ends with hypocrite. Bottom line is, I've called in a bunch of turkeys for myself, for my buddies, for people who've killed their first turkeys. I don't need to call another one in. If I die tomorrow, then I'm dying a happy man. I'm satisfied. Now, do I want to call another one in? Absolutely, that's a great deal of the fun in turkey hunting. Do I have to call another one in? Buddy, I've been there and done that. I don't have to. In fact, I don't have to kill another turkey. I've been there and done that. I would love at some point in time nothing more than to have my dad call a turkey in for me and me to never have to call. I would love nothing more at some point in time for one of my nephews or my son to call in a turkey for me and me never have to pick up a call. It would be an honor. It would be a pleasure. I would love to have the opportunity to hunt with somebody like Preston Pittman or Steve Stoltz and have them call in a turkey for me. Now, would I also love to turn the table and call in turkeys for them as well? You betcha. But I don't have to call a turkey to kill a turkey. I've killed a bunch of turkeys by myself where I never called. If you are only killing turkeys that you're calling, that's great. That's your prerogative. But you've got no reason to judge anyone who doesn't. I've got a saying that I like to say, and that is, there are two kind of people in this world. There are killers, and there are everybody else. Don't be everybody else. If you are only killing turkeys that you call to, you're no killer, and you've got No right to question whether me or someone like me is a killer. Killers will kill when given the opportunity to do so. Everybody else, even those who pick and choose how they kill, are not killers. Oh, and if I'm going to let a Preston Pittman or a Steve Stoltz or my dad or son or nephews call a turkey in for me, and I say to a guide, I don't want you to do the calling. I like to do all the calling myself, then I'm being a bit of a hypocrite, aren't I? I'll let one of my hunting buddies call a turkey in for me, but I won't let a guide call a turkey in for me. That doesn't make much sense to me. Next sentence. Even if legal requirements require the guide to be with you on the property, nothing says you have to let the guide do the calling or direct the setups. You're exactly right, but I'm going to go back. And touch on one thing then we're moving to the next sentence what if this guide is the best turkey hunter in the united states and he teaches me something either about calling or about setting up if it makes me a better turkey hunter i win next sentence i think you're delusional now i'm going to read that part again i think you're delusional on your hunting abilities and the difference in doing the u.s slam on your own and hiring guides or piggybacking others to their spots and their state cannot be overstated. All right. D. Phillips 1916, you may be correct. I may be delusional about my hunting abilities. I mean, after all, all I've ever done was tell you guys I'm an average turkey caller. And after all, if you go back and re-listen to 241 episodes, because this is episode 242, and you're about to not hear it again, you've never heard me say, I am the best turkey hunter, or I am in the top 10% of turkey hunters, or I'm in the top 50% of turkey hunters, or I'm in the top 90% Of turkey hunters, there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, there's no way to judge it. Unfortunately, I'm never going to have the opportunity to hunt with each and every turkey hunter around. It's not going to happen. Also, how do you quantify a statement like that? There is absolutely no way to do it. I have guests on this show that I'm going to bet, and I'm going to swear, and I'll make the statement right now that they are much better turkey hunters than I am. When I say I'm a turkey killer, and by the way, I didn't say that last week. I have said it in a previous episode, and I'll talk about that in a second, but last week what I said is I am a stone-cold killer. I don't care if that's a turkey or a white-tailed deer or a gray squirrel or a tweety bird that's eating my tomatoes or a chipmunk that's digging up my wife's flowers in the yard. I don't care if it's a raccoon digging in a turkey nest. I don't care if it's a possum digging in my trash. When I get the opportunity to kill, whether it's for food or to protect myself, which thank God I've never had to do in a hunting situation, Or my property, I'm going to tell you, nine times out of ten, whatever it is that's in my sights is in trouble. Because if I don't kill, it's only because I've missed. And I need to touch on the topic I brought up just a second ago about calling myself turkey killer. So, I know you guys have all heard of negative talk. Negative talk is when we talk to ourselves and we say stuff to ourselves like, oh, that was dumb can't believe I did that. Man, I'm such a DA. Well, personally, I don't like doing that to myself because I'm not a DA and I'm not dumb. I may do some things that are not very smart from time to time and I already know that will never change. But I try very hard to refrain from calling myself a name, a negative name. So why would I call myself turkey killer? Well, I want to be a turkey killer when I grow up. Why not start now? And I, just like Bill Clinton, think that if we tell ourselves something enough, then it will become the truth. So why not call myself turkey killer? It's better than calling myself handsome or genius, because those are two things I have no chance of achieving. Being a turkey killer is something I do have a chance of achieving. In D. Phillips 1916, I'm not here to judge you. If you wanna call yourself something other than Turkey Killer, even though you may not be at that level that you want to be at yet, then you call yourself anything you want to. For me, in my mind, I'll always be Turkey Killer. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. Okay, Google, what's my name? Your name is Turkey Killer. Hmm, maybe there's something to this now. Now I'm going to move on to the next part of that sentence where you say, and the difference in doing the U.S. slam on your own and hiring guides or piggybacking others to their spots in their state cannot be overstated. Okay, I think I'm going to make one statement here that pretty much is going to make That part of your sentence there, moot. And that is, I'm not doing the U.S. Super Slam for people to think that I'm one of the best turkey hunters in the world. I don't care if people think I'm one of the best turkey hunters in the world. I'm doing the U.S. Super Slam because I want to do the U.S. Super Slam. I started this process in 2002, which, again, I might be wrong, but I believe is before anyone ever finished it. I never once thought I would be the first one to finish it. I never once tried to be the first one to finish it. I'm not doing the U.S. Super Slam for recognition at all. If I was, I'd be recording my kills with the NWTF, but I'm not. I'm doing the U.S. Super Slam for me because I love turkey hunting. And second to turkey hunting, I love to travel. Those two things are my drivers and my reasons for wanting to complete the U.S. Super Slam. For even starting the U.S. Super Slam. I don't have a t-shirt that I wear around. I don't have a sticker on my window of my truck. I don't have anything in the intro or outro of this show that says I'm doing a U.S. Super Slam to prove to everyone that I am one of the best turkey hunters in the world. I enjoy hunting with my buddies from college. I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy hunting with other people. If you don't enjoy those things or you are doing a U.S. Super Slam for another reason, Maybe it's to prove to everyone that you're a great turkey hunter. More power to you. Those are your reasons. Keep them to yourself. No one on Facebook. No one on YouTube. No one on Instagram. No one on Twitter. No one on any blog. And no one listening to this show cares. Except you and those that are closest to you. Knock yourself out. Oh, and now before I move on, I do have to say that yeah doing a u.s super slam on public land all public land all over the u.s if it's truly on your own and you are not talking to someone like dave owens or someone like jeff buds or someone like Doc Weddle, or a biologist in the state that you're going to hunt, or a game warden in the state that you're going to hunt, or the person who is over that wildlife management area or national forest that you're going to hunt, and you don't talk to anyone at the NWTF that might be able to give you some information on where to go to hunt, then At that point in time, you're doing the U.S. Super Slam on your own, and yeah, that's pretty impressive. But I'll bet you the $37 that I have in my wallet right now that you're not doing the U.S. Super Slam on your own. You've got people who are helping you some way, somehow, some shape, some form, or some fashion. Now, does that lessen what you're doing? In your eyes, it does. And mine? No. Call the state biologist for the next state that you're going hunting in. Get recommendations from him or her on places to go. Call the biologist who's over the wildlife management area or state forest or national forest that you're going to go hunt next year. And get some recommendations of places to go. I don't think less of you, but if you are doing that, you are not doing it. And you can't see me right now doing air quotes. You are not doing this U.S. Super Slam air quote on your own. Next sentence. Kinda like the first people to climb Everest and the huge lines of people standing on the mountain waiting their turn that happens now. I'm going to go ahead and read the next sentence. A huge amount of work and determination for the first ones and then a bunch of people paying to follow the leader. Okay, since your comment is directed at me, I'm going to address this personally and then address it from a little bit of a different angle. I never once claimed I was going to be the first one to do a U.S. Super Slam. I never said that I was going to be the first person to do a U.S. Super Slam on all public land. It doesn't mean that much to me. Do I think it's harder than doing it with guided hunts? Yeah. Do I think it's harder to do a U.S. Super Slam on public land than it is on private land? Sure. Yeah. But I've never made the claim I am doing The hardest U.S. Super Slam. Not once did I ever say that. In addition to not doing the Super Slam for recognition of people thinking I am a great turkey hunter, I'm not doing the Super Slam alone. I'm doing the Super Slam as a group. Even though I've now hunted and killed in about five or six states more than my group of college buddies because I like extending my season and I like hunting any opportunity that I can get, and I like to make opportunities to go hunt, good Lord willing, if I finish this Super Slam, and I finish it before the rest of my group does, I have not finished the Super Slam. Yep, you heard me right. Even though I may kill in all 49 states before the last person does in my group, I have not completed my U.S. Yes, Super Slam. So if you are looking for a new level of difficulty in completing your Super Slam, then go find three buddies who have the means and the abilities to complete the task that you get along with well enough to spend time with in all 49 states and complete your Super Slam that way. Then let me know if my way of completing the Super Slam meets your approval as to its level of difficulty. No, no, scratch that. Because your thoughts and opinions about my Super Slam don't matter to me. I could care less how you feel about my Super Slam. Quit trolling people. You are not better than anyone else who's trying to go and complete their Super Slam. I am not better than anyone else who's trying to go and complete their Super Slam. And finally, think about the last raise you got at work. Are you the first person to ever get a raise in pay with the company that you work for? If not, kind of lessens the whole thing in my opinion. Think about your firstborn child. Were you the first person to have a child? No? Well, kind of lessens the whole thing in my opinion. Think about the first turkey you ever killed. That was pretty exciting times, wasn't it? Well, were you the first person to ever kill a turkey? No? Well, kind of lessens the whole thing in my opinion. Think about the first turkey that you killed out of state on public land. Quote, unquote, on your own. Were you the first person to do that? I don't think so. And it kind of lessens the whole thing in my opinion. D. Phillips, 1916, I'm going to leave your comment on the page for episode number 241F, Apple Orchard Turkey. I'm not deleting it because, hey, you're entitled to your opinion. Very last thing you say in your comment is in my opinion. But I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask everyone listening to this show to please not troll any other hunters. We have enough enemies out there and people criticizing us out there that we do not need to be our own enemy, and we do not need to be critical of other hunters. If they're doing something illegal, well, we all know they're not hunters. And if we know them to be doing something illegal, then I feel like we owe it to all of the other hunters to report that person or those persons. But we don't need to be trolling each other, and we don't need to be making comments that aren't very well thought out, and we don't need to be hypocrites if we can help it. And, you know, Again, I'm not perfect. At times, I'm sure I'm a hypocrite, but I put forth effort to not be. And one last thing, D. Phillips, 1916. I've read your comment, I think, two or three times here, and I just don't see in your comment where you have told me you hunt. So if you want to email me the name of the piece of public land that you hunt, or send me the GPS coordinates of the farms that you hunt or the leases that you hunt along with a written permission slip for me to go and hunt those pieces of property. Then that's probably the only way we'll know if I'm delusional about my turkey hunting abilities or not. Put your money where your mouth is. After all, if you're right, you have nothing to worry about. Your turkeys are safe. My email address is andy at I am Dot com. Okay, so now we're going to jump into some turkey news because it's been about three months since I've given you guys any turkey news and there are a lot of states out there that are posting their results from this past spring's hunting season. And I'm going to start with Missouri. Missouri spring turkey hunters checked 36,231 turkeys during the 2019 spring turkey season. That's 36,231 turkeys. If you add in the 2,546 birds that were checked during the youth season, then the total harvest is 38,777 turkeys compared to 35,801 checked turkeys in the 2018 season. A higher harvest is good news, isn't it? Well, the even better news is that there were zero reported hunting incidents during the 2019 spring turkey season in Missouri. And as impressive as killing statewide 38,777 turkeys is to me, I think it's just as impressive that there were zero, zero reported hunting incidents. Hey guys, It is official. It's official. Hands down. Close the book. End of discussion. It's official. Nebraska is the best turkey hunting destination in the U.S., and that is according to Governor Pete Ricketts of Nebraska. So for the fourth year in a row, he has declared that Nebraska is the best place to hunt turkeys in the U.S., and he's listed a few reasons why he says that. The first reason is, he says, we are a hunter-friendly state, and thousands of hunters from Nebraska and across the nation choose to hunt here year after year, providing tremendous economic benefits to our state. Another reason he says Nebraska is the best turkey hunting destination in the U.S. is because hunters in Nebraska can enjoy long seasons in the spring and fall. That's about 68 days in the spring and about 140 days in the fall. There are more than 1 million acres of land that are open to public hunting in the state. Nebraska offers very inexpensive permits for youth hunters who want to hunt turkeys in that state. And there's an unlimited number of turkey permits that are available. Each hunter can purchase up to three permits for the spring season and up to two for the fall season so what do you think can you make an argument that nebraska is not the best turkey hunting destination in the u.s if so email me i'd love to hear your thoughts i'd love to hear why you think your state is the best turkey hunting destination in the u.s and no i'm not going to pick your opinion apart on the show but i will read it to everyone so send those in Andy at IamTurkeyHunting.com. Number three, the West Virginia Department of Natural Resource reports that hunters bagged 11,210 gobblers. That's about a 1,000 fewer birds than were reported in the 2018 spring season, but the 2019 season represents about a 3% increase over the five-year average and a 9% increase over the 10-year average of harvest in the state. Oh, and by the way, for next year in West Virginia, the youth season has been expanded to two days. So you West Virginia turkey hunters, make some plans to be in the woods with the ute both days of the spring 2020 ute turkey season. The fourth piece of turkey news that I have for you guys is you can now buy your wild turkey socks on my Etsy store. And I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, what? in the world is he talking about? Well, if you'll go to www.etsy, that's dot com. there's a little search bar in the upper left-hand part of the screen. And in that search bar, type in wild turkey socks. Click the search button and you'll be able to see exactly what I'm talking about. I have on a pair of my wild turkey socks right now. And I've got to tell you, Pretty darn comfortable in addition to being extremely stylish. So if you want to show off your love of the wild turkey in a very unique way. Go buy you a pair of wild turkey socks. Or buy the Grand Slam of wild turkey socks. And buy all four pairs. I've just put those out there today. So if you go buy a pair or two of of wild turkey socks and start wearing them as soon as you get them, I will make you a guarantee. And the guarantee is you will be the envy of all of your turkey hunting buddies. All right, number five, Illinois. The Illinois preliminary harvest numbers are in, and turkey hunters in Illinois reported 15,189 wild turkeys during the 2019 spring turkey season. Now, that number is almost 1,700 birds more than were harvested in 2018, and it's not far off of the statewide record total that was set in 2006, with 16,569. Turkey hunters in Iowa reported almost 11,400 turkeys this spring, compared to about 11,700 in 2018. Also. So that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode with some more turkey news and an interview with Jeff Buds to check in on his 2019 turkey season, then you will want to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And in order to become a subscriber to the premium content, all you need to do is text the word... Turkey Hunter. Make it one word with no spaces. Text that to the number 44222. Once you do that, I will send you instructions that you need to follow, and eventually, I'm going to email you a link that you can click on to create your username and password for the Podbean application and pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee. Your $18 will get you not only the rest of this week's episode, but it will get you. All of the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. So, if you love wild turkeys, and you love turkey hunting, and you want more, $18 is a cheap price to pay for what would be about 3 years, by the time your annual subscription expires, worth of premium content. Personally, I think it's a better investment than going and spending 50 bucks at the movies. To support some Hollywood actor that is using the money they're making off of your investment in three hours time to see their one movie. They're using that money they're making off of you to support all of the anti-hunting and anti-gun nonprofits that are out there. Plus, we all know I'm much more entertaining than Jim Carrey or Alyssa Milano or anyone else in Hollywood for that matter. Okay, so that might be a stretch a little bit of a stretch so before i turn you loose for the week here's my favor of the week if you would go on your podcast player application if you haven't already done so and leave a five star rating and a review for the turkey hunter podcast doing so helps people who stumble across the show to know whether or not they want to listen to it so that's a huge help to anyone who stumbles across the show and it's a huge help to me and I very much appreciate that. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review.